It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. Live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening, I hope you're doing all right. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant, located on St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com, or give my man a call, 912 268 Two three two eight nine one two two six eight two three two eight. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's for an authentic Italian meal. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by the Holiday Inn and all of their fantabulous properties. That's right. If you're looking to stay somewhere, make sure you stay at the Holiday Inn property. My favorites, obviously, the Holiday Inn Express because it makes me a smarter person. And uh, Holiday Inn Resorts. And uh, no, wait, there's more because if you're going to travel, and you are going to stay at a Holiday Inn property, you got to use the Billy C. discount. All you got to do is call our toll-free number, 844-603-0364, 844-603-0364. Or if you're like me and can't remember phone numbers, just visit our website, billycboxing.com, and uh, click on the banner, which you can't miss. It's on the right-hand uh, side. Uh, and today's show is also being brought to us in part by uh, my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Men on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. And you get a copy of this book right now while you're watching and listening to this show. Just visit barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Find out why I'm so adamant about getting Tom Molino's story told. And it's a good one. Um, coming up uh, later in the week, like tomorrow... Uh, we're going to be doing our blast from the past, featuring former uh, world light heavyweight contender James Scott. Uh, also, Larry Hazard uh, is scheduled to uh, join us, and uh, you know it's kind of a connection there because James Scott fought uh, most of his career. It might even uh, in the beginning it was in Miami, but most of his re- recognizable career in the state of New Jersey. It happened to have been behind bars, but uh, but still. So Alex Papali uh, will uh, uh, join me in telling you about uh, uh, James Scott, uh, actually one of my favorite fighters uh, uh, watching as, as a young lad. So uh, curious to get uh, Larry's thoughts on that and some other things. Uh, today, I wanted to talk about a few things uh, coming up a little bit later on the show. Uh, we will have uh, uh, some thoughts, my thoughts, uh, on 
Oscar De La Hoya. What happened to Oscar De La Hoya, man? I mean, this guy was one of my top favorite fighters. I mean, the golden boy. You know, he busts onto the scene. He, he uh, you know, captivates uh, uh, many different types of audiences uh, as a professional fighter. Never ducked anyone. Challenged himself all the time. Uh, then went on to seemingly have a successful uh, promotion uh, company, promotional company in uh, Golden Boy Promotions. And now he's kind of transformed into a, I don't know, an idiot, <laughs> whatever you want to <laughs> call him. Uh, nothing like uh, uh, he used to be, at least in my uh, opinion. So, uh, I mean, now he's threatening Triple G. I, you know, um, what happened to Oscar? We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, and also a little bit more on uh, Vasily Lomachenko and, uh, you know, his standing as pound-for-pound pound, uh, fighter, uh, where you think he is. I, I think you got to slip him in the number one. I'm sorry, you, you really do. Uh, he's a special fighter. I'll talk more about that. Uh, but first, I want to talk about uh, a uh, ruling that took place yesterday uh, in the uh, uh, U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, concerning sports betting. Now, in Europe, uh, sp you know, specifically England, uh, you you can bet. I mean, I, I notice a lot of guys are always talking about putting wagers on uh, boxing and, uh, you know, other sports and what have you, and it's it's very easy to, to do, you know. Uh, here in the States, we have one state that it's actually legal uh, to bet on sports and a couple of others that were you know, uh, kind of fuzzy, like Delaware uh, is one of them, uh, but specifically Nevada and uh, more prominently Las Vegas. Uh, all the casinos have sports books, and uh, you know, if you're an American and you've never, and you're a sports fan and you've never been in a Las Vegas casino sports book, you got to check it out. I mean, it's I love it. You know, uh, as a matter of fact, we did this show uh, from. Uh, uh, from from the sports book uh, at Mandalay Bay uh, for uh, for a week, we were promoting a, a fight that was taking place uh, out there. I believe it was a, I think it was a Pacquiao fight, either a Pacquiao or Mayweather fight. It was one of the two, and I loved it. You know, uh, not only did we do our normal show, uh, and not only did was I in an environment that I absolutely love, uh, but. Uh, uh, all the people that were, uh, you know, visiting the sports book that were, you know, play some bets or what have you, um, enjoyed the show because it was like, you know, we were piped in. Uh, the studio was right in the sports book. Uh, we were uh, uh, piped into the sports book so people could listen to the show. Uh, we were able to uh, bring in uh, a lot of guests that, uh, you know, interacted with, with the sports uh, betting uh, customers and it was fun you know and now this ruling uh, yesterday uh, by uh, a, a, a score a uh, voting uh, six to three uh, uh, voting um, you know has uh, taken the federal ban off which means that now states will decide uh, whether or not they will legalize sports uh, betting uh, in you know in their state. And um, New Jersey, uh, specifically Atlantic City, which has casinos, uh, was pretty much ready to roll. And as a matter of fact, 
from what I understand, uh, New Jersey will be able to start accepting sports bets uh, as soon as next week or as late as the week after. So we're talking about within two weeks. Um, New York State is also, uh, they have a deadline of uh, June 20th maybe, um, whether they're going to vote on having it this year in time for football. Now, the um, the vote also helped uh, the uh, Native American uh, Indian reservations that are owned and uh, on the reservation casinos that are uh, on the, uh, uh, you know, Native American-owned properties. Um, they claim that they're ready to roll now. So, I mean, this is going to be very quick. My question is, what kind of an impact do you think it's going to make on boxing, you know, as far as football or, or baseball or other sports, um, you know, I, I could see that making uh, a, a big impact fairly quickly uh, because, you know, most people are betting on uh, fo- specifically football, uh, NFL football and college football. Uh, big uh, uh, betting public uh, loves to, uh, to gamble on, uh, uh, on, on football and you know, uh, basketball as well. But football leads the pack uh, here in the States. Boxing years ago used to be uh, very prominent in, uh, in boxing, uh, betting. You know, um, boxing and, and betting was, was prominent. A lot of people uh, bet on boxing. And, you know, today the odds are so skewed you know, you watch a, a fight and, you know, it's not uncommon to see the odds on, like for the A side that you have to lay out like $2,000 to win 100 And on the B side, uh, not even bet 100 to win 2000 The odds get kind of skewed. It, it's sometimes you'll see, you know, you'll lay in 2000 to win 100 And if you bet 100 on the underdog, uh, you're going to win uh, maybe fifteen hundred or 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 fourteen fifty or something like that, some crazy thing, where you know, basically, uh, the sports bet uh, place or the bookie, if you will, here in the states, uh, is uh, uh, the guy that's you know got that that pretty big uh, gap. Uh, so uh, you know, when when things happen like crazy things, like draws happen, and you see uh, a, a uh, you know, bookie, all right, for no, uh, you know, for lack of any other uh, description, uh, you know, take these bets where, you know, I, personally, I'm not going to lay $2,000 to win 100 but I may be inclined to throw 100 on the underdog to win $1,500 uh, just because. And, you know, a, a lot of people do that, and the bookies make out. There are some people like, uh, these horse betters, you know, I love uh, watching these guys. I don't know anything about horses, but I see a lot of these guys that will go and bet the favorite and win money. They'll talk about, oh, I hit that race, I won that race, I won that race. Uh, but what they're not telling you is they're betting the favorites and, you know, they're winning, you know, they're betting a, a $5 bet, just say, for argument's sake, and they're winning back a dollar. You know, um, to me, you know, like we're always talking about in the sport of boxing, risk versus reward. Sometimes it's not worth it. But then you see these widespread uh, lines on boxing, you know, laying two grand, winning 1500 and then all of a sudden the fight comes out as a draw. 
Well, guess who cleans up in those events? You know, the sports book or the bookie, etc. So my question now, uh, really, uh, and you guys, you know, drop me an email, let me know what you think, but what kind of an impact do you think uh, the, uh, uh, the, the, the legalization, if you will, of sports betting in the United States will make on boxing? Will it increase uh, the people who wager on boxing? Will it kind of force boxing to make e- more even fights? Now, we have seen a lot more even fights, um, which would be attractive to, uh, to throw some money on. I'll give a shout-out to uh, uh, some guys uh, that are watching uh, on our Facebook Live uh, simulcast, my man Jeff and Ed and Eric. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to all those guys. Uh, good morning to you all. Glad to uh, join us. What's your thoughts? I mean, uh, uh, I may even open You know what? Let's do it. Let's open up the phone line. Um, 845-228-8710. 845-228-8710. What's your thoughts? Will the new ruling for sports betting in the United States make an impact on the sport of boxing in any way, shape, or form. Um, me, personally, uh, I, uh, I I don't know. I don't know. I You know, if it can force the powers that be, which uh, traditionally we haven't been able to force them to do anything, uh, to make more even fights more often, okay? So, you know, don't... Uh, uh, criticize what I'm saying because I'm, uh, you know, I'm not suggesting that we're not seeing uh, evenly matched fights at times. It, it, they just seem like uh, they're far and few in between. Uh, there's a definitive A side and a B side, and you know, typically when that happens, the A side is the big time favorite, and the B side, well, she's an underdog or he's an underdog. I didn't mean she, meaning he. I meant you know, she, well, whatever. It's like you name a car, you know. Oh, I hope she makes it to the to the store today. You know, why, why is it a she? You know, but uh, anyway, uh, I, I personally, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. You know, the same lines and odds uh, that have uh, been in the sport uh, with these skewed and and uh, uh, uneven matches have been going on in in the UK for a while, and and uh, you know their betting community is thriving. So. Um, you know, hey, there's a lot of people that will bet on anything. You know, well, you know which sandwich the fly is going to land on first. <laughs> I remember that. that hey, listen, that was actually uh, something that me and my buddies used to do. Uh, you know, if we were sitting there uh, eating sandwich, okay, who, who, who's going to get a fly? And we used to say, who, who's, whose sandwich is going to get puked on by a fly first? You know, uh, you know, you're sitting outside eating, and it's like, uh, you know, you don't want to put your sandwich down because uh, some fly might land on it. And you know, in case you guys didn't know, every time a fly lands on something, they're puking on there before they eat it. But, uh, but in any event, uh, will the new ruling that took place yesterday affect the sport of boxing? What's your thoughts? Um, so uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, we did start a little uh, early today. Uh, not sure uh, uh, why why that happened, but uh, uh, it did, you know, but uh, in any event. Um, you know, uh, some comments, uh, even though I like to do the super chats in the chat room, uh, but we got some comments uh, in the chat room. I'm talking about in the YouTube chat. Um, we got uh, some comments uh, concerning, it says, we'll increase the corruption in boxing. Um you know, I, I'm not sure if that's, uh, 
you know, a valid point. And, and the reason why I say that, not, nothing against uh, uh, my man who, who posted that, but um, the reason why I say that is because, you know, corruption in boxing has always been there. And like I said, you know, the uh, sports betting is legal in the UK. So, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm actually thinking that it would help uh, even up uh, the, uh, um, you know, I, 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 th I thought it would help even up the fights, you know, uh, especially if there's a lot of uh, uh, money on it, you know. But uh, uh, anyway, um, you know, there's uh, uh, I got some comments I'll, I'll look over. I can't see because I'm, I'm getting old and uh, uh, I can't uh, uh, see the, the f far away anymore. But I got some comments I'll. I'll uh, check out uh, uh, during our break, but uh, uh, in any way, I, I think that uh, I think in, in a sense, I, I mean, yes, I will admit, I, you know, I like to I like to wager on on football. I'm a football baseball better. Um, boxing occasionally, if I see a dog uh, that I'll uh, uh, throw a couple bucks on just to make it interesting. But um, the truth of the matter is, is uh, I, I actually think it may help. Uh, the sport, because I think that because you can make some money on it, uh, the fans there's there's an, there'll be an added interest level. I think that the fights could be we could start to see more um, evenly matched fights instead of these laying two thousand dollars to win a hundred favorites. Um, I, I think, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm not saying that we're going to see 50-50 fights uh, forever now. Uh, but, uh, but we, you know, we might see, you know, something like a, a laying 300 to win 100 uh, or laying 100 to win 200. I mean, that's more reasonable uh, of, a, of a bet, I think, you know. So uh, uh, we'll see what, uh, uh, see what that brings us. But uh, uh, anyway, that's what's uh, going on. Uh, with uh, uh, wagering in, in boxing. You know, our, our break schedule today is going to be a little mixed up because we did start a few minutes early. Uh, so uh, with that said, I, I think uh, I'm going to take a break now so I can get some of these comments on our Facebook simulcast and uh, include them uh, with this show, uh, you know, with this before I move on because i got some emails to read. And, and I'm also wondering what happened to Oscar De La Hoya, man? I mean, Oscar De La Hoya, uh, you know, such a such a, a guy that was so respected. And, you know, we forgave him for so many things, you know, the fishnet stockings, the, 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 the cocaine, uh, the, the drunken disorderly stuff, the, the uh, illegitimate kids that have floated around. I mean, all these things that have popped up with, with uh, uh, Oscar De La Hoya. Seemingly, people have forgiven, forgiven him. Um, but uh, uh, he, he just seems to be uh, becoming like a slimeball promoter. You know, Richard Schaefer, listen, make no mistake, Richard Schaefer was the, the guy who kept Golden Boy promotions going in the right direction. Oscar De La Hoya, a great fighter, a Hall of Famer, but how good of a promoter is he? His only guy right now is Canelo. And ever since he took the reins, ever since Richard Schaefer kind of bailed out, um, Canelo Alvarez has clearly followed uh, the the blueprint that Floyd laid out that worked for Floyd, but I'm not so sure it's working for Canelo. 
You know, Canelo is not the biggest name in boxing anymore. And I got news for you. He lost a lot of fans through this PED scandal. Uh, so I want to talk about that a little bit. But uh, I got some uh, comments on the uh, uh, wagering uh, that I'm going to uh, put together here and, and fill you in on. I am. Uh, I do have the phone line open. Uh, once again, I know we don't do it too often uh, anymore, but it is open. Uh, as is uh, the request for Super Chats in the uh, YouTube chat room. Uh, so, uh, listen, if you want to call in, make your uh, thoughts, comments, questions heard, just give us a shout. That's uh, 845-228-8710. Listen, I'm going to take a short break. And uh, when I come back, i got some uh, Facebook comments to talk about. And, uh, well, we'll be back in two. Billy C. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. Glad you could join us. And uh, before we went to break, I know it's a little out of whack, uh, but uh, uh, we got uh, our simulcast going on in Facebook right now. And some of the comments uh, uh, were like, you know, they feel that some people were saying, not specifically, it rolled too quick, so I couldn't see who said what, that they thought that more draws uh, would uh, come into play because of uh, of the fact that uh, you know money on it, and like I said, you know the the bookies make out when a draw happens, unless you play to draw. You know, uh, also uh, a comment uh, uh, by my man Eric said the odds might be swinging towards the fan favorite uh, fighters versus the one with the better skill set which would be interesting, and he's not that far off because, you know, depending upon a lot of times odds, basic, listen, in Vegas, in legal sports bet uh, books situations, odds are adjusted based on the money that come in. So in other words, you know, if, if all the money's coming in on side A, they'll start to adjust those odd, odds to entice people to bet side B because at the bottom line, a sports uh, bet, you know, a, a bookie or a sports book, they make their money on what they call the juice. The juice is the money that's in between. You know, uh, if you have the even amount of money bet on one side as you do on the other side, well, you know who wins? The bookies. They win. But uh, uh, anyway, we have a caller on the line right now, and I think I think it's my man Joel. Is that you, Joel? It is. What's up, Billy? How are you? How you doing, my man? Well, how's things? What's your, what's your thoughts on this new... Uh, a ruling about uh, sports betting allowed in the U.S. outside of Las Vegas. I mean, I think it's cool. I've never gotten into it, but I, I can imagine for some people I, I know that uh, who like to bet that, you know, it's, it's good for them. I just, you know, for me, it's just uh, not an issue because, I mean, I, I, like to, I, like to, I like to discuss fights and who's going to win. And, you know, I, have a, I do a fantasy league uh, with the UFC, but it's free. But... I don't know. You know, I'm not. Uh, I mean, it's it's interesting. I'm I'm sure it'll help a lot of people uh, legally bet. But uh, I don't know. Just uh, not. I don't know. Just not something I've uh, 
put too much thought into. What about for you? Well, I think that, for, first of all, boxing used to be, uh, you know, the premier uh, sport to bet on, aside from horse racing, you know, before the, uh, uh, you know, popularity of the NFL. And, you know, a, a lot of times if you go back in history, um, you know, a lot of uh, <coughs> corruption uh, was uh, <laughs> due to sports betting. And, you know, a, uh, specifically with boxing, a lot of times they would have those three fights. Uh, you know, the first fight, so-and-so wins in his hometown. The second fight, the other guy wins in his hometown. And then the third fight is the real one. You know, I mean, that's the unwritten uh, thing that actually happened in the sport. So I think that it will help in a sense of because there'll be more pressure uh, on uh, on the fights, you know, because of the betting public, to make the fights even. Because you, you, you remember, Joe, like I even talked about it sometimes. Like I recall a Klitschko fight specifically. A Klitschko fight where uh, Vladimir Klitschko, you had to lay out something like $2,500. And those odds uh, are based on a $100 bet. So you're laying out 2500 bucks to win 100 And he's fighting some guy that... If you bet a hundred, you only win in a thousand or twelve hundred. So the difference between that is unbelievable. Because you know people that don't gamble might think, "Hey, I bet a hundred bucks on the fight. You pick your guy, I pick my guy. Whoever wins wins a hundred bucks." That's not how it works. You know, it's sort of like yeah, exactly. It's no, a, it does, it, I agree. Yeah, it's called a money line. You know, but uh, I don't know. I think that uh, uh, I, I think that it's good. I I, I like the fact that uh, sports betting is will be uh, available here in the states like it is. Uh, over in England. So I, I think it's going to be good. I wanted to actually call in and ask you, what are, what is your thought, you know, because you've always talked about this over the years, you know, how everything's going to, you know, streaming and, uh, you know, thankfully you have a couple out, different outlets besides YouTube for your show. But what do you, how do you feel that the next Terrence Crawford fight, you have to pay or subscribe to ESPN Plus? you know, that streaming service of $5 a month. Now, I thought that when Top Rank agree made this deal with ESPN, that it would be like similar to HBO. We'd have all the, the big Top Rank guys, Lomachenko, which we had on Saturday, Terrence Crawford, on the, on, the, on the main ESPN platforms, hoping maybe even it would expand to like an ABC, you know, because I think it's all the same company or Disney. But it's, 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 you know, it's frustrating that, I mean, I am paying for it because the UFC also signed a deal with ESPN starting next year. So you're going to have to have the ESPN Plus for them. But I just feel like for these uh, cards that were either on HBO or regular ESPN, that you're going to have to spend an extra five bucks on top of whatever people may be paying for Netflix or Hulu to, to enjoy, to enjoy this, 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 you know, this, this, uh, this, you know, to enjoy a regular fight. You know, it's interesting that you ask me this because it's been bugging the heck out of me for since it was announced. And, and, and I'll take it a step further. The, the deal that uh, Eddie Hearn and Matchroom uh, uh, Boxing ha has signed too, and a billion-dollar deal and blah, 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 blah. Well, DAZN -A -D isn't even available in the U.S. yet. You know, so uh, no, you know, they're, they're, they're promoting that streaming service. My thoughts on, on the uh, ESPN Plus, I don't like it, and I'll tell you why. I, I, let me rephrase it. I like that you can watch streaming uh, you know, wherever you are. Love that. But I don't like the fact that you are forced to watch it on streaming platforms. I exactly. think that I think that ESPN Plus should offer 
it as a channel package depending upon now now uh, think about it think about the money that they could increase okay you may have to subscribe to, you see what they're trying to do is they're trying to eliminate the the television network or the the tv carrier you know the cable vision uh type companies uh yep. the 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 satellite type companies they're trying to eliminate them and go directly because they don't want to split their revenue stream because that's how it works now if uh, if a if a uh, I'm trying not to mention uh, uh, specific companies even though I just did um, like a satellite company <laughs> you know they split the revenue so they'll say okay listen we'll put your channel on our on our service uh, but it's going to cost X amount of money so by doing these streaming uh, deals what's happening is you're eliminating the middleman so that five bucks a month is going directly to ESPN that's their plan but I think it's premature. I think in, it, that they needed to wait until we were able to choose uh, as the consumer whether we want to watch on our TV, our handheld, uh, you know, our whatever other platform we want. I think, and like I've said for years, like you mentioned, we're going to be paying a service fee, X amount of money for what we want to watch, and then we'll have the option of watching it wherever we are. If we're in our living room with a couple of scotches, then we can watch it on TV. If we're on the road, uh, you know, and we don't want to miss the fight, we can watch it on our phone or our tablet or whatever. You know, so I don't like that you're forced. And I'm a little ticked about the Terrence Crawford fight specifically. You Me know, we're, too. We're, we're talking about we're talking about a a, a pound for pound top guy that we're going to be forced to watch on on a streaming device that it's you know we don't even know if they got all the bugs out of it yet. No, I'm not I'm not happy with that. I think they should have included that as uh, an addition at least initially. At least initially. Once it got off the ground, then they could uh divorce the 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 television providers uh from that point. But right now, I, I mean, you know, it's like boxing, Joel, you know, I, the, the, the way we see it is even being divided. You know, you're going to see the greed factor. They're all going to have their own networks. Top rank's going to have their own network. They're, they're, they're all going to go direct, and it's just going to become a, a free-for-all. And we're going to end up paying more because to watch Golden Boy fights, we're going to have to subscribe to their stream. You know, to watch uh, top rank, their stream, you know. Um, so I, it, it's, I could see some, some bumps in the road. But I like overall, I like the fact that it's so – available you know but I, I wish that it was just as available in my living room you know what i mean i think like you know you make a good point you know it started too fast maybe what they should have done is how showtime you know even though of course we pay for showtime they air you know once in a while they'll air on you their showtime youtube channel or you know like an anthony joshua fight that's the main um you know uh, uh broadcast of sky sports but they'll air it on showtime it should have been. It should have, it should have started off like that, you know, something where a European fight, a big European fight, or maybe um, a smaller American fight. You know, okay, you gotta, you know, you want to watch this, uh, you know, decent card from Puerto Rico or, you know, the Europe. You know, you have to go on ESPN Plus. But to have like Jeff Horn versus Terence Crawford, which is like an amazing fight, and some people, you know, are tight. Their budget's tight. I know it's five bucks, but they have other expenses. And for them to expect it's going to be on ESPN, turn it on that night on June on uh, June 9th, and see that it's not on, you know, it's going to be a little disappointing. Like I said, they should have started off with smaller fights, and then gradually, like you say, make the divorce. But to just throw on Jeff Horn and Terrence Crawford, I know that um, 
Filipino guy. I don't know how to pronounce his name. That's uh, I don't know if he was a protege of Pacquiao. He's a champion, like 115. or I think next week or the week after, he's on ESPN+. Plus. You know, it's like, but then they have uh, Gilberto Ramirez the end of June on regular ESPN. So go figure that. I think that for me, I thought that the, the biggest and one of the things I was trying to launch several years back was streaming for all the club shows. I think that that is the most important because then it gives us, the fan, an opportunity to meet and and learn about other fighters that are, are out there that are performing in club shows that a lot of times we don't hear anything about. To me, the value in streaming is there. To put the big fights on streaming at this stage, I, I, I think it's they're shooting themselves in the foot. Once again, you know, you're getting a guy like Terrence Crawford. They're bank. What they're banking on is that people want to see him so bad that they're going to subscribe to this service. Then maybe they back off and, and put the lesser fights on. But I, I think it's a mistake. I think they should have cut a deal with the television distributors and uh, brought that on as a channel and then go from there. You know, I, you know that's just my thoughts. You know, I think, uh, I, I think to I be agree. forced to watch it on your phone, especially that fight, I mean uh, – uh, I, like I said all along, eventually, sooner than later, it's all going to be the same. But uh, but right now, it's not. And I don't want to have to have all these different services. You know, everybody's trying to cut the cord as it is from the cable companies or whatever and uh, and, and go with streaming. And, and here's the other thing, though, Joel. You mentioned Hulu and, and uh, other uh, services like that that you can, you know, get television shows. It's not available on there either. So, you know, so the, the, the problem is, is that they're becoming separate, you know, again, more yes. division, you know, and I, I just don't think, you know, me, our show, this show is on uh, TV, radio, uh, internet, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera, a podcast. And the thing is, is that I've always said that boxing is a niche within a niche. Sports is a niche. Boxing's a niche within that niche. So why would you take and want to separate yourselves from all that potential new sets of eyes and by just appealing to a boxing uh, community and say, hey, you want to see this fight? You got to get it on your handheld. You got to stream it. That's it. I would want to put it on a network initially at least to try and win new sets of eyes so that when I merge and leave and you know try to cash in, uh, I potentially bring fans with me rather than try to uh, you know, fleece the fans that exist already. I, that's the way I look at it. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, you know, like you say, boxing is, you know, it's not as popular as baseball. You know, if they wanted to do it with ESPN baseball, that's fine. You know, hey, you want to watch an out-of-town game? You live in New York, you're a fan of the Miami Marlins or something. Okay, that, that's cool. I can understand that. But you make a good point. You know, boxing is, you know, is, is an, it's a niche sport. And I think that, it's important to keep on, you know, you have a deal with ESPN. Okay, keep it on ESPN. And then, like, you know, how PBC did, put it on ABC. Okay, we have Terrence Crawford, you know, a special Saturday night, you know, maybe once or twice a year on ABC primetime. You know, that that's a big deal. That's what they should be shooting for. Not going the opposite way and saying, hey, you want to see Terrence Crawford, it's going to cost you $5 extra because he's on ESPN+. Plus. Right. And, and and the thing is, is that it's going to cost you, forget the extra cost, you're, you may, you know, what I like about streaming is it's a convenience, right? You can watch it anywhere you are. 
But the yeah. truth is, but the truth is, if you are at home, would you prefer to to watch it on a handheld or would you want to watch it on your television set? I mean, some people, some people, like I have a, I have, I have a, a Chromecast, so I'll cast it to my TV. But the problem today is a lot of the, a lot of the phone carriers. If you're out, you know, if you're not in, in Wi-Fi range, you have to, you know, you have to use your data on your smartphone. And to watch a video costs a lot of money. You'll eat up a lot of data. So preferably, if there's a big fight on and I and I'm not watching something else, I'm going to make sure I'm home, you know, and I'm going to make sure. So yeah, to answer your question, I want to be home. I want to watch it on my regular TV. I don't want to have to be out somewhere and say, oh, I have to put on a fight and then worry about, you know, paying five dollars for the, the service and then using all my data if I'm not on. Why, you know, it, it, there's there's so many other you know variables. Exactly. I, I just think that they jumped the gun a little uh, quick uh, on it. I, I love the concept. I just don't like that it's yet another fee that you're paying. And, um, you know, it's it's the greed factor, Joel. It's the greed factor. But uh, anyway, agree. listen, my man, I appreciate you calling in. Yes, and, absolutely. Uh, and uh, maybe I'll talk we'll, to you soon. Sounds good. Sounds good. Take care. All right. Thank you so much for everything. Have a great day. I'll talk you, to you later. You too, brother. I uh, appreciate uh, Joel giving us a call. We, we, we have uh, been, uh, you know, keeping the phone line uh uh, open these last couple of days. So if you want to, uh, if you got a uh, uh, question, comment, concern, uh, give us a shout. 845-228-8710. To move on here, uh, I, I wanted to actually, uh, yeah, you know what? I, I'm not going to, I'll take uh, another break here in a couple minutes. But uh, um, I wanted to mention uh, what I was talking about with Oscar De La Hoya. Oscar De La Hoya. You know, when I look at Oscar De La Hoya and his career as a fighter, it's hard to criticize Oscar. I mean, Oscar was successful in, in the amateurs. Um, you know, he made that transition to, to the pros uh, seamlessly. Uh, it was a, a, a big fan uh, in, uh, uh, in the pro ranks. Um, you know, I, he fought. You know, one of the things that... I always admired about Oscar as he never ducked anyone. He fought the big fights, uh, wasn't afraid to get the L, took chances. Um, you know, I, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, and, you know, rightfully so. I mean, uh, Oscar De La Hoya, one of the best fighters of all time, really. He's an all-time great. Uh, when he made the transition to a promotional company, the Golden Boy Promotions, he had Richard Schaefer. As the guy who was driving, and we, I'm talking with uh, somebody in the uh, uh, Facebook uh, uh, community right now, and uh, Richard Schaefer, um, you know, was the driver behind that bus. There's no question about it. Oscar was the name, and Richard Schaefer was the brains uh, uh, from the promotional aspect. Uh, if you recall, Oscar De La Hoya was still fighting, uh, used some of the revenues from his fights to uh, bank and finance Golden Boy promotions. Uh, under the guidance of Richard Schaefer, he was able to uh, uh, you know, grab some young talent, sign them, all this at the same time. And, and, and by the way, I believe that this is the blueprint to success in the promotional uh, business, where you have some big names that are draws still, uh, and you surround them with a lot of young talent that you homegrown. You know, you grow your own talent, and you put that young talent on the undercards uh, of the name fighters. And then when those name fighters uh, fade or retire, uh, now you had already introduced some of these young fighters uh, to the uh, boxing world, 
and poof, they're there. They've become stars. Well, when Richard Schaefer left, they had that, uh, that deal uh, because he kind of walked away, and he had to stay out of the sport of boxing for uh, a, a bit. Now, he's kind of slithering back in. Uh, he was responsible for the World Boxing Super Series, which, by the way, is excellent. And he formed a, another promotional company, and he's in the process of, of you know, getting back uh, in the mix. Now, why he's on the way up, and you've got uh, Eddie Hearn and Matchroom Boxing uh, clearly at the top. Uh, you have uh, top rank always where they were at the top. Uh, you have uh, main events, and, and Golden Boy still to a degree because of the name. Um, you know, all of a sudden, uh, you know, you're sitting here saying to yourself, well, what's happened to Golden Boy? They have one fighter, really, and that's Canelo Alvarez. Uh, a lot of rumors about the way he treated Saddam Ali, who was under contract with him. Saddam Ali making a title defense against uh, uh, Mungaya the other uh, on Saturday uh, didn't even make five hundred thousand dollars for that fight. You know, uh, made four hundred, and that's before he's got to pay his expenses and everybody takes their cut, et cetera, et cetera. And he took a beating for that money. I don't know what they paid Mungaya. Uh, so you know, it, it seems that Oscar is is kind of like a fish out of water but it gets worse this whole fiasco between canelo and triple g let's make no mistake all right let, let me just start off by saying this i'm a fan of of canelo i am not a fan of what he's become of late more of a prima donna even though i've always thought he was a diva but he's more of a prima donna and this whole ped scandal you know, he kind of has been smart by not saying anything. However, I thought it was pretty pompous of him not to even show up for the hearing in Vegas, even though they didn't do anything uh, to him. That uh, gutless, spineless piece of garbage, Bob Bennett, and the Nevada State Athletic Commission uh, not doing the sport of boxing any favors with the way they handled that. Or, or even the Triple G Mungaya, uh, you know, saying that he's not experienced enough. But... Uh, the truth of the matter is, is Oscar's trying to spin this like it was no big deal. And he even went, as on, went on to say that he thought it was outrageous that people were giving Canelo such a hard time, that it wasn't a big deal, when it was. It was a big deal. Because when you have a premier top name like Canelo testing positive, you know, I, I, I ask you this, what would have happened if Floyd Mayweather, who many believe was on the juice, okay? Many believe he, he was, all right? But never proven, unless somebody can unseal the Manny Pacquiao thing, but never proven to be on PEDs. What would have happened if somebody had actual proof and dragged him and he tested positive and all the same things happened to Floyd that happened to Canelo? What about the outrage that people would have had, myself included, that he would have been, uh, you know, popped for that. I mean, no way would have the word, hey, you're, you're taking, you're, this is outrageous that you think this is a, a serious thing. No way would he have been able, they would have crucified him, okay? Well, why isn't the same happening with Canelo? Now it gets even worse. Oscar's saying to Triple G, who he's trying to make be, you know, the guy who, the culprit, and he's trying to twist it so Canelo is being the victim. And now Oscar's saying, well, hey, listen, Triple G, if you don't want to fight, we'll find somebody else. I've said all along, Triple G doesn't need Canelo. 
if I'm Triple G, I don't even fight Canelo. Listen, I'm going to take a break. This will be the last one for this show. So don't go anywhere. Billy C will be right back. Now back to Talkin' Boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C, damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. The undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. It's Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And uh, we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad to have you with us today. And, uh, you know, today uh, when I was looking at the... uh, I get up every morning at 4 a.m. and I write this show, but um, I was saying to myself, man, there's, there's not much to talk about today. I figured uh, I was going to be uh, uh, live for about a half hour and then try to explain myself to uh, the television and radio networks. That'll be going, oh, what happened to the show, Bill? You know, but, uh, um, you know, a lot to talk about with the with the sports betting, and it's something that hits home with me. I'm, I'm a sports better, so... Uh, but this Oscar thing, you know, he, he, here's something I want to, and, and I'm going to talk to Larry about this tomorrow, but Oscar De La Hoya basically said to Triple G, hey, if you don't fight Canelo, we're going to find somebody else. And the, the issue here, in, in a nutshell, is that they've already submitted the contract uh, to fight in September to Triple G, and Triple G hasn't signed it yet. And, you know, I, I look at this and I say to myself, you know what? Triple G should be the guy in the driver's seat. I mean, fair is fair. Like Triple G, which is not characteristic of him, he really was vocal about not only the fact that that Canelo tested positive uh, when they were supposed to fight uh, recently, but he also was kind of pissed off at the fact that he had to give up and give in to every single consolation that, uh, that uh, Canelo made. You know, everything was geared towards Canelo. And, you know, Triple G was pissed. He says, you know, here I do all this stuff. I make, I'm ready to fight, and now Canelo fails. And he wants some of the things in his favor. And I think he deserves it. I think Triple G deserves it. Now, can he make a ton of money fighting Canelo? He certainly can. But you know what? You know, if the Nevada State Athletic Commission and that gutless, spineless piece of garbage known as Bob Bennett didn't have the balls to inflict and in, 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 lay down a, a, a suspension that was worthy of setting an example to a big name like Canelo and slap him on the wrist so the guy actually does what he wants and prolong the fight another six months so that Triple G ages, goes and gets some surgery taken care of that he wanted to do. I mean, it just seemed so perfect for Canelo. And he's the guy that, uh, you know, was the, was the cheater. And now Oscar De La Hoya is threatening Triple G. I say that Triple G has many more options right now. First of all, Triple G doesn't have nothing to prove 
uh, as far as fighting Canelo. We all, or at least most people, believe that Triple G won the fight. I know it's in the history books as a draw, and it will always be considered a draw. And as time goes on, uh, future generations aren't even going to understand what it was about. They're just going to look at the record. Hopefully, they'll be able to watch the fight and make a uh, judgment for themselves. But right now, I think that Triple G has a big fight with Billy Joe Saunders. I think that that fight would get him some money, especially if he goes and travels over the over across the pond, something that Triple G is not afraid to do. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, if I'm Triple G, that's the route I take. And I say, forget about it. And I make a big state about it. I'm, I, I tell everybody that the reason is because I don't want to fight a cheater and blah, blah, blah. And discredit Canelo. And let's see who steps up and he fights. Because who else can Canelo fight that would have as much interest as Triple G? Yeah, you could tell me that he could go fight Billy Joe Saunders instead of Triple G. You could tell me he could fight Daniel Jacobs instead of Triple G. You could tell me he could fight one of the Charlo brothers uh, you know, instead of Triple G and still make a, a decent amount of money. But he's not going to make as much. He's not. Here's the part. That bothers me. You know, the truth of the matter is, is that Oscar De La Hoya and Golden Boy have already laid out the contract to, uh, to uh, Triple G. And according to their side, Canelo has already signed it. And Triple G has not. I want to fill you guys in on some rules about commissions and suspensions. Now, I have been a licensed promoter in several states and um, the most reputable state that I was uh, licensed in happens to be my home state of New York and the rules in the state of New York stated that if a commission suspends a fighter that that said fighter is not able to participate in any type of boxing activity that includes going to the uh, gym and training, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if they're going to stay at home and train, uh, you know, privately or whatever, I, you know, uh, that's a different story. But you see, in New York State, a gym that trains or professional boxers train at, actually, by the rules of the New York State Athletic Commission, has to be registered with the New York State Athletic Commission. So that a pro, the reason they do this is so technically a pro fighter is technically not allowed to spar with an amateur. That's the rules in in the New York State uh, Commission laws, okay? But the other rule states that a uh, fighter is on suspension. Technically, they're not allowed in a gym. Now, once the suspension is lifted, then a fighter can resume his or her activities, meaning training. Um, as far as I know, (coughs) excuse me, this includes signing contracts. If you're signing a contract for a fight that you're, uh, one of the fighters is under suspension. And even though the contracted date is beyond the projected suspension lifting. Now, when a fighter gets on suspension, it doesn't automatically get lifted. In other words, if you're a fighter that, and you're on a six month suspension, You have to apply for reinstatement. What happens if along the way, in six months, during a six-month period, 
they find uh, you know the interest in testing can uh, just in this particular case testing Canelo again and he tests positive now are they going to lift that six-month band you know I, I would hope that the six-month band would become another six months at least or maybe a year you know so so how could you pressure another fighter into signing a contract which in my opinion is illegal before the ban is even lifted or before any test results have come in i know that i know that uh, oscar has said that canelo will will test be tested from now until the next fight but has any tests actually taken place not that i heard you know so i i don't know i don't know I'm unhappy that Oscar is giving Triple G an ultimatum. I don't think it's fair, and I don't think it's even legal based on commission rules. Now, I'm going to ask Larry tomorrow on tomorrow's show whether it's legal in New Jersey and how he would handle this situation. And again, you know, sometimes these contracts, now, now these big contracts, what you have is you have a contract that's signed between two fighters, and and all the other parties involved and then when it becomes part of the fight itself a commission they have what they call a bout contract which is the contract that stipulates the 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 actual contract with that commission now sometimes they have it separate sometimes they include the other contract you know the 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 big long uh you know uh really uh uh, extended contract and all the intricacies, interest, you know what I'm saying. I can't even, everything, you know, isn't that weird? Sometimes there's this, a word of the day that I just can't pronounce, you know, I, like like my last name, you know, I can't pronounce it. Right? That's why I say C, you know, but anyway, um, I'm just curious to see what Larry says. Listen, I, I got to read some emails. I got a bunch of emails here uh, to read. First and foremost, uh, uh, let's get uh, uh, my man Jesse. He says, hey, Billy C., uh, Billy, it was an excellent performance by both. He's referring to Lomachenko uh, against uh, Jorge Linares. And, and uh, let, me, let me tell you something. Um, you know, yesterday I, I know I was giving uh, Lomachenko uh, tons and tons of accolades. And uh, the truth of the matter is I didn't give him enough, okay? So if anybody was critical of me um, – by you know putting him uh, as an all-time great already and putting him on a pedestal and saying that he's this and he's that I still feel that way and I got news for you um you know uh, fighters like Vasily Lomachenko come around once in a lifetime and uh, although I, you know there have been other great great fighters like him I got if somebody told if he retired today if 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 I saw you know, on the wire, that Vasily Lomachenko decided to retire today, uh, and I had to put him in my all-time great list. I'm telling you right now that he would have filled in my, on mine. In my opinion, he would have fallen a way above, way above Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao. Those are the two hot names today. You know, first ballot Hall of Famers. Both of them are going to get in. Uh, obviously, if, if Floyd stays out of the ring, uh, you know, from now, uh, another four years, he'll, he'll be in first ballot. Personally, I think he's going to fight again because, you know, that's he's spending too much money and he owes the government again. But whatever. Um, 
I'm telling you, I, I put Lomachenko ahead of him. And I don't want to look at titles and accomplishments and how many weight classes and records, undefeated records. It means nothing. A Hall of Fame means what? how good was the fighter? How good was the fighter? What impact did that fighter make on the sport? That That's my criteria. How good he was in terms of skill set and what impact did he make on the sport in a positive or negative way? doesn't matter. Floyd Mayweather... Uh, made a, 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 an impact on the sport in terms of marketing. He's been able to to take a, a complete generation uh, of fans and, and have them think that he's so great only because of his record and how much money he's made. But when the push comes to shove, you know, show me a fight that he was exciting in. Show me one. You know, show, tell me a fight when you think of Floyd Mayweather that you think of. You know, I say this all the time. You close your eyes and I throw out a name and you'll see that a fight will immediately pop in your head. You know, Mike Tyson, several, Jack Dempsey, Sugar Ray Robinson, Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvin Hagler, Tommy Hearns, all these fights, you name a name and great fights pop into your head, right? You say Floyd Mayweather, and I, to be honest with you, the fight that pops in my head first when I think of Floyd is the Pacquiao fight and, and how anticlimactic it was and how, you know, what a ripoff it was, you know. Now, when you think of Lomachenko, a lot of fights come in mind. I think of Lomachenko. I think of this guy pivoting and doing things that just seem impossible so flawlessly. Uh, this is a great fighter. Enjoy him while you can because he could, he could fizzle out just as fast as he's busted onto the scene. And that's what happens with fighters. Anyway, uh, back to the email. He says, uh, uh, both look good. He says, I saw this fight was close, although I was at the gym working out and I was trying to watch it. But what I was seeing uh, looked very close going into the 10th round. This is the problem with Jorge. He doesn't throw enough, uh, stays still and takes too many shots. He gets tired and he has no head movement. Um, he does fight in spurts. He looked good in that fight, but I, like I'm telling you, Lomachenko is a special fighter. Uh, he says, uh, uh, I can't say Lomachenko is one of the best of all time, but he's on his way to do big things. He was not Manny, who came from flyweight and exploding past Hall of Famers like Barrera, Morales, Marquez. If Lomachenko can do that versus Mikey Garcia, then he'll make me a believer. He did say after he wants to unify uh, the winner of Mikey against Robert Easter Jr. I think he fights Beltran in August for his next scheduled uh, bout. That's what the rumors say. Um don't get me wrong, okay? And please don't start sending me the hate email. I, I'm saying if I had to make a decision today, Lomachenko would be up there if he retired today. His Hopefully his career is at the beginning stages and he'll give us an opportunity to put him where I believe he's going to end up hands down. I'm just saying this after... Uh, you know, a performance against such a bigger guy and a talented guy. This wasn't against Lomachenko. What he did on Saturday wasn't against some slug. It was against the number one rated lightweight in the world, ahead of Mikey Garcia and ahead uh, of Robert Easter Jr. So uh, let's be real here, okay? Um, as far as Mikey Garcia, you know, Mikey Garcia, I, I, you know, for some reason, Today's young fan expects fighters to move up and take on bigger fighters right away. You know, they fight one guy, oh, now he's ready for this guy. Oh, now he's ready for the, for the next weight class. You know, 
I think it was pretty evident and obvious that Lomachenko was, you know, a lot smaller than Jorge Linares. A lot smaller. There was no question uh, about that. It was not a, a case where, you know, he was a little bit smaller. Uh, he was, you know, smaller uh, after they rehydrated. I mean, he, he, they were the same size after they rehydrated, except because they weighed the same. Remember that. They weighed the same on, on weigh-in. But it was obvious that uh, Linares was, was much bigger. Mikey Garcia is bigger than Linares. Mikey Garcia, you know, the fight that everybody wants to see, uh, he and, and Lomachenko, I just don't think that um, he, I, I don't think it's an even fight. But then again, you know what? Lomachenko proved me wrong about fighting Linares, uh, and he was much bigger. He's not going to knock out Mikey Garcia, and Mikey Garcia does throw a lot of punches. I think what would have to happen should that fight take place, which I believe it will, because Mikey Garcia will beat Robert Easter. Um, I think that uh, what will be on display with Lomachenko against uh, Mikey Garcia would be uh, a defensive show by Lomachenko. Lomachenko will have to be at his best defensively if he fights Mikey Garcia. And he's going to have to get out of harm's way a little more than he did against Linares. And Linares, he was not even concerned until he got dropped. And not that he was hurt, because he wasn't. That was a flash knockdown, but it was a knockdown nonetheless, and it was a clear knockdown. Uh, but he did respect Linares' punching power uh, after that. And I'm not so sure that Jorge Linares can punch as hard as Mikey Garcia. So if I'm Papa Lomachenko, uh, I am making sure that should uh, Vasily get in the ring with Mikey Garcia, that they are uh, full-blown defensive-minded in that game uh, because it has to happen. Anyway, moving on to the uh, rest of this email from Jess. Uh, he says, uh, Mungaya was very impressive, but Ali looked so small. Uh, all punches were bouncing off Mungaya, and Mungaya was being very aggressive. Uh, Mugaya needs to improve his overloading on punches, wide punches, more head move, movement, and jabbing. I wonder if Hurd and Charlo will be targeting him for his age at 21. I don't think Mugaya has the experience for Hurd and Charlo, but he is explosive. Uh, Mugaya versus Liam Smith, Dennis Hogan, Julian Williams, Islam, or Kel Brook. I agree with all those potential uh, uh, opponents. You know, Charlo, uh, you know, the Charlo brothers have always fought smaller guys. Every time you see the Charlo brothers fighting, you're seeing a size discrepancy, just like we saw uh, with uh, Mungaya and, uh, and Saddam Ali. Uh, I also agree all the way with Jesse about his... He, he, to me, he seems slow. I'm talking about Mungaya. Uh, he seems slow. He wasn't using his jab. But I think that Saddam Ali made him feel that he was in no danger of getting hurt uh, by by Saddam Ali, and he just walked him down, figured I was going to take him out. Now, as far as uh, Jarrett Hurd, you know, this is a guy that doesn't seem to get hurt. I want to see Hurd against Charlo. That's what I want to see. I want to see Hurd against Charlo. They both rose up similarly uh, with their level of opposition. They're both big guys, and I think it would make a great fight. That's the fight I want to see, Charlo against Hurd. Uh, but uh, I like all of the other suggestions from uh, from my man Jess. Um, next email. This is from my man Coach, and uh, like I said yesterday, I gave him uh, all the accolades. 
big Hassan Ali fan, uh, and he went against his heart and uh, was 100% right. He says, hey, Billy C., I listened to the show waiting on a business meeting yesterday and not to toot my own horn, but, and he put the but in big letters in red, uh, following my head and not my heart, I called Mungaya. Uh, I don't want to hear size, three inches in height, but just a pound difference on fight night. I told you a work-rate amateur who developed power and timing, maybe not as fast as Ali, but he timed him. As far as Lomachenko, check Friday's YouTube chat. Uh, called uh, I called Loma's jab, setting up the left to the body. Lomachenko is the Einstein of the real sweet science. First of all, kudos to Coach. He was definitely uh, right on. I said it yesterday. Uh, I even said it when I caught it. Uh, in the uh, one of the chat rooms uh, during the show on Friday when we were breaking down and giving you our predictions. So uh, kudos to uh, my man, Coach. And I couldn't agree with Coach more uh, about the uh, his accolades for Lomachenko. Do I think Lomachenko is the Einstein of the sweet science? Uh, yeah, and I'll tell you why. Uh, because, um, you know, the truth of the matter is is that he is the definition of the sweet science. I say this all the time. You know, uh, Floyd was successful in uh, manipulating uh, the fans of today to think that the sweet science is just hit and not get hit. You know, that's all you hear. Oh, yeah, the sweet science, hit and not get hit. I even heard one of the commentators say it uh, over the weekend. Oh, yeah, you know what the sweet science, you hit and not get hit. Yeah, but, you know, that was assuming the other part of that scenario, that you're still in position to hit your opponent again. You know, hit and not get hit, but still be in position to inflict damage on your opponent. That, my friends, is the definition of the sweet science, something that Floyd didn't do very often. He did it sometimes, but not very often. Lomachenko does it all the time. Lomachenko is never at, he's never out of his range of landing a punch on his opponent. And then you have to look at other fighters that are similar. Terrence Crawford, you know, this is why I love TC. Because TC is the same kind of fighter. TC is the same kind of fighter. You know, once he gets you, once he gets your number, once he feels you out, which he has a tendency to do in the first couple of rounds, this guy's in your face and you can't hit him. Same thing with Rigandau. Rigandau, come on, one of the greatest defensive fighters of all time. Yeah, and look who dismantled him. Look who made him quit on a stool. You know, so come on. Yeah, give credit what credit's due. Let's leave everything else out of it and and only give Lomachenko credit for his performances in the ring. Pound for pound fighter, I think he's number one. Right now, today, Lomachenko's number one pound for pound. Terrence Crawford, number two. Triple G, number three. That's my top three, okay? You know, you could say what you want about Triple G. He's aging. He's this. He's that. He still possesses that that pop in both hands that'll that'll put a fighter to sleep. And as a ring general, you know, the only guy that I see that can control a ring equally, if not a little better, is Lomachenko. You know, uh, there has not been, and I've made this statement many times, there has not been a fighter in professional boxing that was more of a ring general than Triple G until Lomachenko. Until Lomachenko. So that's just my uh, humble opinion. Not that I'm too humble. But, uh, another email here. Let's see. What are we? we got two more. Um, this one is from uh, my man Matt from uh, Buffalo. Uh, hey, Matt, you got my quarterback, man. 
you know, Josh Allen is my guy. All right? I don't know if Matt's a Buffalo Bills fan. I know he's a fishing fan. I'm still waiting for the invite. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, the truth of the matter is, is uh, uh, the Buffalo Bills, uh, you know, they gained a fan because I'm following the Bills because of Josh Allen. This kid is going to be the premier quarterback in the NFL. Give him three years. Um, he says, hey, Billy, see, I had the fortunate pleasure of sitting behind a blue corner ringside at Madison Square Garden. He says, uh, I think it's rare in sports that you can see a sports performance of such high caliber out of a human being. It was like watching Jordan play basketball when I was a young man. This was simply something truly special and mesmerizing. The fight had drama, big drama show. Uh, had drama, it had stakes, it had talent, it had speed, and a ferocious KO to end the evening. In our beloved sport, can it get any better? Lomachenko, as you said yesterday, is the epitome of sweet science. I said it again today. Uh, he says uh, he's an exciting ambassador of everything that this sport can and should be. Several of my college friends joined me in their first live boxing match, and I'm extremely jealous of that. That's like catching uh, a 1,000-pound marlin on your first day fishing. I could say from experience that Lomachenko made quite a few fans uh, on Saturday night. Uh, you know, before I go on... Um, I totally get what uh, what Matt's saying here. You know, they, they have that beginner's luck thing. But you know what? I think the most important sentence is the end. You know, he may have turned on some of his buddies uh, to, to professional boxing live, but what he really did was made some more fans thanks to the help of Lomachenko. And isn't that really – I mean, most of the people that watch this show are boxing purists, you know, and big-time boxing fans – you know, isn't that really what we need in this sport, uh, an expansion of the fan base? Don't we need more fans to follow the sport religiously, you know, uh, you know, have the ups and downs with the sport? You know, boxing is a peak and valley sport. You got to stick with it. You know, uh, we had times, you know, I, I say this to people all the time. If you came up to me in 1985 and said, hey, you know, do you think that you're witnessing the last great era of boxing? Or are you? do you think you're witnessing an era of boxing that is going to be looked upon 30 years from now as the last great era? I would have laughed at them. I would have laughed at their faces. Despite the fact that we're watching Sugar Ray Leonard and Marvin Hagler and Tommy Hearns and Roberto Duran, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because there were so many. Despite all of that, at that time, I was not thinking that it was a great era. I just thought it was boxing. It's the way boxing was. As a matter of fact, I looked previously to other eras when I was like, oh, my God, you know, this, this is some great stuff. Why can't it be like, uh, you know, early Ali days? Why can't these this time be like the 40s and the 30s when, when you know, these great, great fighters? You know, that's what you're thinking in the 80s. Fast forward it to, to where we are now, and you say, well, the last great era of boxing uh, was the 80s. And, and guess what? Long after I'm gone, fast forward another 30 years, uh, people are going to be looking at this era that we're living through right now as a great era. It is. Whether we want to believe it or not, we can't compare it to eras gone by. But you know what? In its own right, we're living a great era right now. And fighters like Lomachenko and Anthony Joshua and even Deontay Wilder, um, you know, who, 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 a lot of people think I don't like them, which isn't true. Uh, but, uh, you know, these are some good fighters. They're making the sport interesting again. Uh, he says, and by the way, uh, Matt sent me some uh, pretty cool pictures of his seats, uh, great seats. 
He says, uh, furthermore, this weekend had four televised cards, cards which I found each enjoyable. It seemed, uh, it seems like every weekend we have something exciting to look forward to. The public is starting to see what makes boxing uh, the best sport of all. Just a few questions for you. He says, number one, is Lomachenko your pound-for-pound pound number one? If not, where do you stack him? I just think he has faced some more interesting opposition lately and dominated more than Crawford. I wouldn't argue too much uh, with someone saying Crawford or Triple G. Um, you know, Terrence Crawford, the, the reason why I love Terrence Crawford so much, if you go back and you look at the beginning of his career, Terrence Crawford was the B-side. He was brought in to lose. Everybody thought, uh, who's, you know, he's got a good record. He's out of Omaha, Nebraska. You know, uh, you know what kind of sparring is he getting? What kind of fight? This, this kid, you know, let's bring him in. He's good. And he won. It was three fights in a row that he was supposed to be the B-side. And he was. Go back and check me. You'll see. He was, he was the B-side. Then they realized, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, Baba Louie. We got ourselves a talented fighter here. And then Terrence Crawford became the A-side in the rest of his history. He did not get coddled and was, was hand-fed cupcake after cupcake. He didn't. He fought his way to where he is. He's a legitimate pound-for-pound. Pound. Now, with that said, I have him at number two. I just said my number one is Lomachenko. Number two is Terrence Crawford. Number three, Triple G. That's mine. And by the way, Canelo's not in that list, boys and girls. He's not. He's not as well-rounded. He's got some flaws, big-time flaws. And you can't have a heavyweight as a pound-for-pound. In my rule book, a heavyweight is the king of boxing, and then every other division can vie for for pound-for-pound status. He says, uh, number two, what dummy had Linares winning on their card? From my vantage point, this was nearly Lomachenko all night long. Some rounds, maybe, I just couldn't see uh, Linares ahead. I'm with you. Um, I was shocked that it was a one-point difference for the guy who had Lomachenko. I was shocked that the one judge had it for uh, uh, Linares, and I was just as shocked that um, Julie Letterman had it even. I think one of the problems, and again, it's going to be a topic I'm going to discuss with my man Larry tomorrow, was that 10-8 round, round six. My question is, did uh, Linares win that round prior to the knockdown. You know, I don't think he did. He, that knockdown woke Linares up. You got to give him that round, but I'm not so sure it should have been scored 10-8. I think if best, that should have been a 10-9 round for Linares, and he clearly won the following round. Those two rounds were the only two rounds I felt hands down that Linares won. The other rounds were either all Lomachenko or close enough, and I thought that the more solid punches were landed by uh, Lomachenko because when Lomachenko landed a punch, it was there was no doubt that it landed. When Linares landed a punch, they all seemed like you know Lomachenko was rolling with it or 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 you know was expecting it and and had the counter right there. He, he, you know. Um, yeah, I was. I'm. I'm with. Uh, uh, I'm with Matt here. You know, the truth of the matter was, is what was happening. What they were trying to have have happen was they were setting us up for a draw. Listen, if Lomachenko didn't stop Linares, make no mistakes, and that's what pisses me off even more. 
to see those three judges the way they were. That fight was fastly moving on to end result as a draw, regardless of who we all thought won. That fight was going to end in a draw. The only way it didn't end in a draw is Lomachenko crushed Linares with that body shot. End of story. If he didn't do that, I don't care if he if he pummeled Linares for the rest of the night. That fight was going to end in a draw. That's the problem with boxing, boys and girls. Um, he says, number three, uh, how do you see a potential Garcia-Lomachenko play, bout playing out? I see Garcia as a dangerous with his size, but I think Lomachenko took on a more dangerous and daunting test. I think Garcia dodged Linares for some reason, or at least didn't take the opportunity for that fight. Hopefully it won't be long before we see it. I think the size is going to be the biggest uh, uh, damage, uh, big, biggest test for uh, Lomachenko. I also think that Mikey Garcia punches a lot harder, especially at lightweight, um, than Lomachenko has received. I don't think Linares hits as hard as uh, Mikey Garcia. Uh, I think that the, the biggest test for Lomachenko will be his defensive skills and the discipline part where he's got to avoid the punch, counter him, and then instead of being... I, I think he's got to play a Floyd Mayweather. I hate to say it, but it's the truth. He's got to fight... A Floyd Mayweather style, even though it might be boring, he's got to fight that style against Mikey Garcia because he has to respect Garcia's punching power. He can't stay in that pocket too long. You saw what he did when he stayed in the pocket and just came straight in without movement. Uh, Linares caught him. He can't do that for even a little bit against Mikey Garcia. There's no one uh, more prepared for a fight than Mikey Garcia. And another thing about Mikey Garcia... If you land two punches on Mikey, you could bet your last nickel that he's going to come back and try to land five on you. That's why he wins round after round after round. It's going to be a great fight. It's going to happen. I don't like it, but it's going to be a great fight. And finally, he says, is 2008 starting to shape up uh, to be a mega year for boxing? Uh, he says, heck, we just got a billion dollars uh, from Hearn uh, in the sport. Um you know, I think it picked up right where 2017 left off, and 2017 picked up right where 2016 left off. I think that we've had, we're in our third uh, consecutive solid year of boxing, and I and I couldn't love it anymore. You know, that billion-dollar deal from um, Eddie Hearn is kind of, kind of got an asterisk next to it. You know, they made such a big deal about it, and the, that DAZN network isn't even available here in the States yet. So, you know... Uh, I don't know. I don't know who's getting all the money. He says, P.S. I'm booked for September. Where's all the other information? Sal better be cooking uh, on uh, September 12th when I show up. Um, yeah, we are uh, we are working on that. There's been some uh, unfortunate uh, uh, slowdowns in our. And that's why I haven't been talking much about it uh, for our big event that we wanted to stage in September. Um, one of the main places that we do it at uh, is uh, being completely renovated. So um, stay tuned for more info on that. I, we, the, the bottom line is this show is in its 15th year, and we want to have like a 15-year birthday party, uh, and we kind of wanted to surround it around the big fight in September. Uh, that's why we picked those dates, and we wanted to do all this other stuff. Uh, so uh, stay tuned. Uh, Sal and I have to make uh, a decision, um, you know, uh, uh, pretty quickly. And and one of the issues I have is the fact that I'm not there. 
And, you know, a lot of times uh, <clears throat> Sal is too busy to do anything other than what he does on a daily basis, and that is not this show, you know, uh, like it is for me. And this is my, you know, I'm not a part-timer with this. I'm not a, you know, I don't do something all day and then, you know, for a hobby do this. This is it for me. That's why I, that's why I'm broke. I'm like fighters. You know, you're, you're either feast or famine, you know, but uh, in any event. Finally, last email. Oh, this one's from uh, uh, Thunder Breslin. He says, uh, uh, I have a theory I want to share with you guys. Uh, the email from Daniel on Friday's show got me thinking. I don't believe, and, and you know, let me, let me just say this. The one thing and the blueprint of this show when we first started it 15 years ago uh, was I, I wanted to, to have this show just be like a couple of people BSing about boxing as you were sitting at a, a bar or something and you, you start striking up a conversation about boxing with uh, your buddy or, or a guy sitting next to you or whatever. And that was the basis of this show. And then it evolved into being a very interactive show. And one of the most important parts of this show is the interaction and thoughts and comments and concerns from all you guys, the people that watch it and listen to it. So when, we, when I see an email that's commenting on another email, it makes me feel that we're doing what we're, we set out to do, and that, that's, that's good. I, I appreciate that. Uh, he says, uh, I don't believe that there's one particular team that's dragging their heels trying to stop the fight between Wilder uh, eight between AJ and Wilder uh, being made. You guys know Anthony Crawler. Uh, he's the lightweight over here in the UK. Well, he's represented by Eddie Hearn, and it's it's very well known that Anthony is a lovely guy and one of our most loved boxers. I've never heard of a story of him ducking a fight or demanding crazy money. He fights at lightweight, and he understands that it's not the biggest money division. Now, Anthony has earned good money from boxing, and he's been saying for a number of years uh, now, it's about building his legacy. So with this in mind, whenever a fight has been talked about between him and someone else, that fight just gets made. Recently, he fought one of our most uh, other loved fighters in Ricky Burns. Now he's back to Kralla, uh, which also promoted by Hearn. And Eddie said it was one of the most pleasurable fights to put together. Why? Because they're two down-to-earth guys who just wanted to put on a good show for the fans, and they did it. It wasn't a fight of the year. But it was still a good fight. There was no horrible social media BS and flipping tables at press conferences. They just got in the ring and had a good fight. I believe that the problem between uh, AJ and Wilder camps is that Wilder camp is just toxic. Wilder himself is clearly a horrible man. Not the family man who we all know is dedicated, but the boxer who just spouts out garbage, pounds his chest, and says crazy things like he wants to kill someone. Add in Lou DiBella, who, when you listen to interviews with him, now talks about boxing like one would talk about a wife that you can't leave, but you really don't love anymore. Then add Shelley Finkel, who I didn't realize has been around for so long and is clearly one of those shady characters in boxing. I can't imagine what it must be like to deal with these people, and uh, with that, it spawns negativity. I truly believe that this is just a vile situation that's only going to get worse, and that's why we're getting this crazy back and forth. People can slag off Eddie uh, Hearn all they like, but he's good at what he does, and he's usually chipper and upbeat. But every time I hear him talk about the Wilder fight, he just has this beaten sound in his voice. We know boxing is a game of ego and money, and clearly the issue 
uh, with the heavyweight division at the moment is there is that there's so much money to be had. I don't believe for a second that either of these fighters are ducking each other. I don't believe either of the camps are ducking each other either. I think it's a toxic environment with toxic people, and that's going to spawn a decent fight. For me, the more this goes on, the more this goes on and on, the less I am interested in seeing this fight. Uh, that email from uh, my man uh, Thunder Breslin, I appreciate it. Um, let let me let me say this. Um, a couple of things. Number one, um, Shelly Finkel has been involved in the sport of boxing for a long time. Um, he is a shrewd business guy, and he knows the sport. Um, you know, you could call him uh, shady or whatever, whatever you want. I, I see him as being a successful guy. He was uh, uh, helped. Uh, um, you know, uh, uh, he helped uh, Mike Tyson uh, big time. Um, you know. I, the truth of the matter is, is that I, I'm not so sure he's bad for the sport, okay? Uh, he Look what he did with Danny Garcia. He was instrumental with Danny Garcia. He knew what he had to do with Danny, and he did it the right way. So that's Shelley. Now, Al Heyman is a crook. Everybody thought that he was going to save boxing, and he was going to do this and do that. Um, you know, specifically a lot of black fighters felt, oh, he's going to help us. You know, it's a black promoter and a black fighter. It's going to equal, you know, helping us and doing all this stuff. And it's it's proven wrong that Al Heyman is no different. He's a businessman. He wants to make money. You know, he never reached in his pocket. I love when people say, uh, oh, well, you know, uh, you know, uh, Al Heyman, uh, he's got a you know, he pays his fighters good. You know, they get paid. No, he doesn't pay. He spends other people's money, and he gets his cut. That's, that's what people don't understand. Al Heyman is Al Heyman. He's a successful businessman, and make no mistake, he's doing it for the money. He's not doing it for the goodness of his heart, okay? Out of the goodness of his heart. So that's Al Heyman. Um, you know, when you look at, and I'm looking at the, uh, the real only reason why I'm picking on Deontay Wilder's team is because um, Thunder said that he felt that they were toxic. Now, when you get to Lou DiBella, Lou DiBella was extremely successful when he was with HBO, and, he, and he's an ex, a, a successful promoter. But as a promoter for the fighters, he does nothing. He does nothing for them. Fast forward to Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder pounding his chest, you know, um, you know saying he, he's the best, saying he wants to kill someone, saying that this is a man who has, first of all, I, my personal feelings for Deontay Wilder are positive. I can see through that with Deontay. I see that he is a loving father. He cares so much about his daughter that his whole persona is created for the benefit of his daughter. This guy, his roots are are very, uh, you know, uh, grounded. They're, they're, uh, you know, he comes from a normal situation. Yeah, okay, you know, normal situation, uh, living in, uh, you know, the cities and stuff like that. Uh, he's, he's gangster, there's no question about it. Um, but, you know, he's a grounded guy. He puts on, like he said one time, you know, <clears throat> the bronze bomber is my, is my guy when I'm in the ring. I'm Deontay outside the ring. Now, I've never met Deontay personally so I'm not gonna you know go go one way or another but I can see that he's a loving father and I uh, respect uh, that he tries to do what he's doing for the goodness 
and for the benefit of, of his family. Now, with that said, that pounding of the chest and the I want to kill somebody, <coughs> excuse me, and the bomb squad thing and all of that, Deontay was forced into promoting himself because he's latched on to a promoter that doesn't promote. And, oh, by the way, the only reason Lou DiBella is even involved is because Lou DiBella is one of Al Heyman's puppets. The biggest mistake that Deontay Wilder has made in his boxing career is that he's aligned himself with Al Heyman, uh, Shelly Finkel, and, and, and Lou DiBella. Now, I just finished telling you that Shelly Finkel knows the game. I, I, I still feel that way. And I'm not saying that Lou DiBella or Al Heyman don't know the game. I just think that Deontay Wilder should have aligned himself with a promotional outfit or slash team that was willing to invest money in him. They have not invested any money in him. They have drawn, withdrawn money from Deontay Wilder, not invested. That's the difference whether you like him or hate him about Eddie Hearn. Eddie Hearn has invested money in his fighter, in, in AJ, and all his fighters. The same thing with top rank. A lot of people hate Bob Arum. Well, Bob Arum invests money in his fighters. Does he want more out of it? And does he get it in return? Yeah, you get what you pay for. You know, Deontay's paying for nothing that he's getting. So I think that that team is responsible for that, that image that we have. And, it, and Deontay Wilder, I'm telling you right now, as sure as I'm sitting here, yeah, I'm sitting here, I am, that Deontay Wilder's going to end up with Eddie Hearn. Deontay Wilder is going to end up, end up with Eddie Hearn. And this guy, whether he loses to AJ or beats AJ, he's going to become a household name just like Anthony Joshua. These two guys have more to, to, to benefit from each other than any other duo in the sport since Ali Frazier in the heavyweight division. I'm telling you this right now. You're going to see a three-fight deal with these guys. And my suggestion was a two-fight deal. Um, with the fight in the middle being, uh, you know, uh, whoever they want. I think they should fight next, have a fight in the middle, and then fight again. Um, but depending upon who wins the second fight, don't be shocked if this becomes a trilogy. And I'm telling you right now, the fights are going to be exciting regardless of who wins. There's no way that it's going to become anticlimactic. The style of these two fighters won't permit it. So, um, you know, it is what it is. I think that this fight will happen. My prediction was it wasn't going to happen until next year. And I thought that the WBA was going to be instrumental in that. A lot of rumors have it right now. And a lot of the words coming out of, of uh, Anthony Joshua's mouth and the sudden silence from Team Wilder are all, all indications that there is a deal that's been made. And according to Anthony Joshua, according to Eddie Hearn, just finer details are being worked out, which is good news for, for us. So, um, you know, I, I'm going to have to admit to Sal uh, that he was right if I ever let him back on the show. But uh, anyway, so, yeah, I think that, uh, uh, I think that the uh, uh, fight will happen. I still am sticking to my prediction that it won't happen until, uh, you know, next year. But I would more than happy uh, to be wrong. Uh, on that one, that's for sure. Uh, but uh, in any event, uh, I appreciate uh, uh, that. Now, uh, one last comment 
you know, I, I think that, um, you know, Oscar De La Hoya uh, is being uh, stupid uh, with his demands over Triple G. I think the smartest thing that Oscar could do right now is give up some, uh, uh, some consolation to Triple G. I also think that Oscar's got to stop with the BS that the PED scandal was serious. And um, I also believe that it's not even legal uh, to negotiate or sign a contract with a suspended fighter. Uh, we're not even sure that, that Canelo is still being tested. As far as I know, he's back in Mexico eating tainted cheeseburgers again. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, the other thing, and these are all, the reason why I'm bringing these up is because I want your thoughts. So drop me an email tonight. Uh, Billy at Talkin' Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. Uh, I also think that the uh, sports uh, ruling for gambling in, in, on sports in the United States, uh, the feds have lifted the ban. Uh, rumor has it that Atlantic City will have sports books open next week or the latest the following week. I also have uh, uh, word that New York uh, is there, Delaware. Uh, is there Mississippi? Mississippi and Delaware and New Jersey are all ready to uh, uh, flip the switch. I mean, we're going to start seeing sports betting uh, available in those three states uh, immediately. New York is is scheduled to vote on it by June 20th. Uh, and according to the uh, Native American uh, reservations who own casinos, they're ready to roll right now. They're ready to roll right now. Uh, they don't have to wait for any voting. So uh, keep your fingers crossed. I think it's going to help the sport of boxing. I think that it's going to help because it, it, by having an infusion of gambling that's legal in the U.S. Um, will kind of force some of these fights to be more realistic. Because if not, the sports bookies, so to speak, the, the, the betting houses won't be able to get the action. Not many people are going to bet, lay, lay out $2,500 for the A side of a fighter to win 100 They may throw 100 on the B side just for kicks, uh, but not many are going to lay it out for, uh, uh, for the other side. But uh, anyway, our trivia question today uh, is a tough one, apparently, because no one uh, even gave it a shot. And uh, this one's actually a recycled one. It's a who am I question. I will give a hint today. Um, I once stopped a world champion in less than one round. And then in my very next fight, I stopped his brother. Who am I? I once stopped the world champion in less than a round. And then in my very next fight, I stopped his brother. Who am I? If you're the first one to email me, Billy at Talking Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G uh, dot com. You'll win your very own copy of the title bout championship computer game. Hey, before I go, I want to make sure everybody, including my man Eric, uh, uh, in uh, uh, in the Facebook uh, chat, who's been here for the whole show, I want to give him a shout out. Uh, uh, Eric uh, Mullings, uh, a great guy, uh, and you guys know the name. So, uh, uh, and also uh, my man Jeff and Jason, everybody else that was in there. Uh, thanks for hanging out, and of course our YouTube chat room, uh, which is uh, kind of exploding. Uh, these last couple of weeks, and we really appreciate it. Uh, so, uh, you know, don't forget us on the Super Chats uh, when we uh, open up the Super Chat. Uh, Thursday is Super Chat, so I want to thank everybody uh, there. Um, 
Okay, so here's the hint. If you're the first one to email me, Billy at Talkin Boxing, T A L K I N B O X I N G dot com, uh, you'll win your very own copy of the Title Bout Championship uh, computer game. Same one Alex will use to, uh, on t- tomorrow when we uh, uh, do our blast from the past on uh, uh, James Scott, one of my uh, favorite uh, uh, fighters. Used to used to give me the chills watching him fight uh, in prison. But uh, uh, here's the question. Then I'm going to give you a hint. I once stopped the world champion in less than a round, and then in my very next fight, I stopped his brother. Who am I? The hint is that this guy um, was uh, okay. Let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I gotta write him down so I remember. Was a world champion. Okay. He he himself was a world champion. So uh, good luck to everyone on that. If you're the first one to email me, Billy at talking. Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. On this day in boxing history, May 15th, in 1987, Evander Holyfield knocks out Ricky Parkey in the third round to win the IVF World Cruiserweight title, and that took place in Las Vegas uh, on this day in 1987. On this day in 2004, Antonio Tarver knocks out Roy Jones Jr. in the second round to win the World and WBC World Light Heavyweight titles in Las Vegas. On this day in 1993, Charles Murray wins a 12-round decision over Rodney Moore uh, to win the vacant IBF World Junior Welterweight title, and that took place in Atlantic City, New Jersey, on this day in 1993. On this day in 1999, Cesar Soto wins a 12-round decision over Luisto Espinosa to win the the WBC World Featherweight title in Texas. On this day in 1914, Joe Simons knocks out Percy Jones in the 18th round to win the World Flyweight title took place in England. And finally, on this day, May 15th in 1928, one of my favorite all-time fighters and one of the best all-time greats in the world, in the sporting world, and, of course, in the boxing world. On this day, 1928, Jack Johnson retires on his stool after the sixth round in a scheduled 10-round fight against Bill Hartwell in Kansas City, uh, Johnson drops his record to 53 wins, 10 losses, and 8 draws. He would go on to fight as a pro three more times and final his record uh, with 55 wins, 35 by knockout, 11 losses, and 8 draws. Uh, Jack Johnson was inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame in 1990. Hey, boys and girls, that concludes our show for today. Thanks for all the input. Uh, We had some fun today, and we'll have some more fun tomorrow. So make sure you turn in. Tune in, not turn in. I turn in to bed when I go to bed. No, make sure you tune in tomorrow morning. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.